Son Kearney on to his right foot and he cracks it home. Brilliant finish from Harrison Reed. Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulham podcast from Down Under. And we are back again, this time for the 100th time as we record episode 100. Uh, we're going to be talking about Fulham playing Bournemouth and we're going to be going back through the archives and picking out some of our favourite moments and revisiting a few old segments that we used to run as well. Here to enjoy the day with me, we have Sammy. How are we going, Sam? I'm I'm feeling very emotional. Uh, I'm largely feeling good. It's it we're we're at a milestone right now. It is astonishing to me that this has been done a hundred times. Um, but as always, I'm excited and very happy to be here. Well, it's good to hear. I'm glad you're happy. If you're happy, I'm happy. Good. And also joining us, we have Dad. How are we going, Dad? Yeah, fine. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And hi to everyone listening. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm, I'm emotional, but I'm kind of surprised that we're still here. And I'm happy we're still here. Yeah, well, it's it's been a couple of quiet weeks from us. There's a few reasons as to why we won't go into, but it's very good to be back podcasting. And it's good to celebrate um, a milestone like this as well. It's been uh, I think it's about 18 months now we've been doing this, coming up for two years soon. And, um, yeah, it's it's been a real journey and really enjoyable one. So very excited for our 100th episode, very excited to delve into, um, you know, how Fulham have been going recently. And uh, I guess we're incredibly lucky that Fulham have been doing very well. Let's look at the game on the weekend. And it was a 3-1 victory against Bournemouth. Again, it was a really um, monumental moment for us personally because again we were able to actually sit together as a three and watch the game doesn't happen very often so a special moment and what a game it was um Sammy how good to see Fulham performing so well peak Fulham yeah it really does feel like peak Fulham I mean obviously um you could argue that we still don't even have our full squad yet because I refuse to accept this a full squad uh doesn't include Bassi and Awobi but um, if nothing else, just amazing to see uh, Muniz really becoming uh, something that I'm not sure we 100% expected him to be, but Silva's shown so much faith in him um, as of late. And uh, I, I mean, this is, this is the catharsis of that, isn't it? Um, uh, Muniz is officially a Premier League striker. Not 100% convinced if he's a starting strider, striker, but, I mean, for the time being, I mean, look, look at our boy go. I'm so happy for him. I genuinely, genuinely am. He's such a he's such a lovely addition to the squad, and I just genuinely just want the best from him. It was just really wholesome. He was just really wholesome and really nice. And, yeah, was, I, I, don't, I, don't, I really don't have too many notes. It was just a thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable game of football to watch. I agree. It was a, a wonderful time to sit down and watch together. And I mean, Dad, this this game was all about Rodrigo Muniz. I know Deckard over Reed scored. Um, Willian pulled the strings. Tom Kearney looked incredible. But really, th- this was Rodrigo Muniz's day. It it certainly was, and I, there there can't be a single fan. Well, I'm sure someone had proved me wrong, but there can't. 
there can't be a, a decent fan out there that that isn't happy for the guy. Um, it's been a pretty difficult couple of years for him, really, and I don't need to mm. summarise it and go over it. It's well, it's well documented. But isn't it interesting what a rocket up your backside actually does? And it's a weird, weird winding tale, isn't it, as to sort of how we've got here. Um, but fair, fair play to the guy. He's he's taken his opportunity. He's seen someone come around the corner that uh, could be pretty handy. And um, I, I, I don't know that it's entirely based on effort, but, geez, his work rate must, must be contributing to his success because he is harrying, he is working so hard in defence um, and in, in, you know, many different phases of play. And he's being opportunistic and he's he's uh, you know you could see you can see how happy everyone is for him and it's come at a very good time i we were kind of thinking okay so Jimenez has now suddenly found a purple patch starting to score goals and then he drops off with an injury really unlucky we we've had it's you know it's been difficult really really difficult so for for the least likely man you know post metro to actually be successful, not according to Marco Silva, obviously he's always backed and believed in him. But honestly, out in there in the fan in fan land, the, the least likely man has prevailed, certainly for the moment. And I, I don't think you can get the shirt off him. And how can you drop him? <laughs> well, I mean, in a way, I don't think you should be taking the shirt off him. I know we've, uh, I think everyone in the Fulham community has slated Rodrigo Menez at some point, and I think we all have to be men here and kind of eat our words and say sure look we we were kind of wrong um the, he's raw uh, let's let's not pretend that he's a finished product at all because he's definitely not but i'm starting to see some of the potential i'm starting to understand why marco silva backs him so much and and maybe it's a case of some bad luck across the course of his sort of fledgling career so far if you look at the fact that he went over to Middlesbrough, it looked like a really good loan deal in the first place, but it just didn't pan out the way I think anyone had kind of expected it to. Maybe he's just had a bit of bad luck so far. But, I mean, a lot of the chat on social media afterwards was was praising him, and one of the best comments I think I saw was, this is the closest performance we've had to a Mitro performance in, in a long time. Um and that, I think, was what was most pleasing for me was because this team really hums with Mitchell up top. We saw it last year. There were moments when we, we kind of looked unbeatable and we looked like we could beat anyone on our day. And Muniz was starting to show some of those qualities that I think Mitro showed. He was causing a lot of strife to the, the Bournemouth defence. He was very physical, his layoffs were very good, his hold-up play was very good, and his finishing was instinctive. And I think that's what you're looking for in a striker. And I'm not saying that we can cancel the the look for, a, a, a you know, a proper number nine now and Muniz is the answer, but it's definitely proving that he is good enough to be a bench player at at, at least and potentially has even more than that. Yeah, I want to, I like... Tailing off on that point, I'm not 100 percent sure if I see Mitrovic in him. I see, I see, I see um a 
uh, actually really, really good quality striker there, but I'm not 100% sure if I see that comparison that much outside of just really good, um, what's the word, uh, uh, attacking vision, um, which Mitrovic had in abundance. I just, um, just want to quickly just shout out Marco Silva because Marco Silva is now four for four, I guess, with all the strikers that he's actually had with at Fulham. And he, at some point or another, he's actually made them all work, which is actually really impressive when you think about it. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't, I still don't think we've ever really got his ideal striker at the ideal age and the ideal point of their career. But the fact that he has made at one point or another Mitrovic, Jimenez, um, Vinicius, and now Muniz work, it just, it's just a real testament to the guy. He's so good. He he I he just he just knows how to work with the players that he chooses. And uh yeah, I, I just I just don't want that to be missed at any point. And like obviously give Muniz his flowers or anything. And but I just I, I don't I don't want the conversation that Marco Silva hasn't done such a good job with the cards that he's been given uh to be lost in, in the shuffle. Is are you sure that you're not taking that too literally? I don't, I don't know that people see Mooney's as a Metro lookalike. I, I, I think yeah. it's more his presence. It's it's the fact that it, um, when he plays the way he has over the last couple of weeks, to be fair, he actually looks dangerous. He, we look threatening up front. We mm. look like... You put the ball in his area, he's going to work really hard for it. If he hasn't got a clear run, he's going. He's not a pushover. Mm. He's not. I mean, he's not that quick. Um, and Mitro is, you know, he's more experienced and possibly, possibly more skillful. Not even. I'm not even sure of that actually. I mean, I Mitro, it, for me, it was it was the physicality of Mitro that was one mm. of his greatest assets. The ability to have his back to goal hold up the ball and and make really good decisions from there. And I think that's what we've seen from Muniz a couple of times this season. Not all the time, but, mm. you know, he's actually created quite a lot of goals and hasn't got the assists for it, but he's the, the origin of a lot of goals this season where he's had some really good hold-up play, received the ball, played the right pass and played it at the right time as well. And I, I think that's what I'm seeing with Mitro. Mitro scored a lot of goals for us obviously but it was the the off the ball stuff that he did as well actually just bullying defenses and and Muniz I I love the energy that he puts into it I'm I'm look he's young he's raw um he's less raw than someone like AK47 back in the day but mm-hmm. he's he's definitely got some potential there and I, I'm I'm just I'm so stoked to see him do well it's mm. it's really good to see him do well, and it's great to see how everyone around him is really enjoying this little moment that Muniz is having, and you can see how much Muniz is enjoying it as well. You see the tears after that first Premier League goal and just the smile on his face, but everyone else's faces as well when he's scoring and putting the ball in the back of the net. It's it's just great to see. Mm. Well, well, as Steve, uh, following on the live stream, has said, you know, he's clearly more relaxed. And there's no surprise. It's it's a huge amount of pressure for him to actually establish himself as that mm. guy. He 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 knows he hasn't been delivering. He's the junior. Um, he's got he's got his manager backing him. But if you're not doing it and scoring goals, it doesn't matter how much your manager is backing you. It's an enormous amount of pressure. So mm. 
it's just fantastic he's got that out the way obviously he's not suddenly he might might have a, some cult status but he's he's not a established player yet but mm. it's it's the, the 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 shoots are more than there and i think it just takes enormous pressure off the guy and it's not surprising to see him flourishing and actually showing us a bit of what he's got i i just love how how enormously hard he's working as well because mm. that's a pain in the ass when you've got a striker who's not only physical but he's running and he's pressing and he's working hard and he's defending that's it, so difficult to deal with and well, it just I means the on, team so much on on that point we look at the first goal and let's let's sort of dive straight into it and the first goal comes about because of Muniz's hard running here there is a slice mm. of luck but Muniz actually runs into the channels down the wing picks up the ball and again he's not the fastest but he's running as hard as he can and puts in the effort to get there first gets down the wing puts a ball into the box and at the end of the day that's all you ask for from a striker. You're not expecting him to pin it on someone's head, but gets it into the danger area. Uh, Bournemouth player slips over. I think it was Cook um, and falls straight to the feet of Deckard over Reed, who's, you know, it's a smart finish. He's sort of not expecting it at all. But again, it's it's down to Moniz's hard work here to actually get the ball into the box in the first place. So hats off to him and, and a good finish and a great way to start the game. Definitely. Yeah. Go on, Sammy. You're looking not sure. No, it's not that I'm not sure. It's just kind of like in my brain, I was like, do I bring up how crap Bobby Deckard Reed and was for like he's fight he's so funny, isn't it? Because Bobby can always play a pretty lackluster game and yet somehow just he's just able to find goals. So I can't slag him off too much because like he he just always seems to be able to do it. But I mean he really didn't do well, that much aside from say, his goal. Say, say what you like, but if I'm Marco Silva in this Fulham, you know, without another smart two hundred million spent over the next few years, I'm 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 keeping Bobby Deckard over Reed. Absolutely, I, I, I'm. He is a handy player. The number of times, you know, forget the fill-ins at right back, but the number of times he does more than fill in for us he's he's a he's a very capable squad player mm. he's he's you know um yeah I, I i don't think we can really be too hard on the guy just because he's had a little bit of lean form over the last few weeks and he's been quiet and been disappointing in patches but i don't think you can take too much away from the guy no, it's kind of like hence the face scrunch. I'm like, there's there's so much I love about Bobby. And there's so much that like if I did um slag him off, it's actually largely unjustified because he's got us he'll he he will always get us goals. Um, but <laughs> for somebody who is able to get us goals during the game, he does just have a tendency to feel a bit like dead weight. Um, but I still love him and I still desperately want to keep him, and there's no reason to like lose him, but yeah, just I, I, I'm just not a huge fan of Bobby starting at the moment. Look, uh, we we've covered it over the last couple of podcasts, I think, and he's for me personally, Bobby's not a, a starter. He's a great squad player to have coming off the bench and making a difference in the game. And the the joy of someone like Bobby is he can play in so many different positions. Um, you you could put him up front, you could put him on either wing, you could put him in central midfield. 
You can play him at right back. We've seen him play all over the park. And I think the big thing here is he's, he's, he's that Swiss army knife that you kind of want to have. The problem is he's just not got the quality um, of a first team starter. And I, I know he's a top goal scorer this league. This season, but... no, 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 I'll tell you why I'm laughing because I'm just thinking ahead to when, when, when the blue card sin bin rule comes in, Bobby's going to go, I'll do it. I'll do it in goal. Give me the, give me the gloves. I'll do it. I'd love to see that. The only, only issue is I think he's about a foot too short to play in goal. Um, uh, I'd let him do it. I'd totally let him do it. But, yeah, look, I, I think he he is always in the right place at the right time, and, and he's a good person to have around the squad. But I agree. Look, if if we have fit wingers, Harry Wilson is in ahead of him 99 times out of 100, if not 100 times out of 100. But he has his place in our squad, but it is as a squad player for me personally. Mm. But again, great to see him get on the score sheet. And the fact is, even though he's not putting in the best performances recently, he's still scoring goals and contributing to to everything. And if we look at the second goal, comes through a piece of Willian brilliance. We were all expecting him to take a shot at that point. Um, instead, he dinks it to the back post where Bobby has just sort of drifted in behind the final defender. and. Quite rightly, Bobby does the the perfect thing here, heads the ball down into the danger area. And Muniz, it's exactly what you want from a poacher-style striker. Uh, and what we've seen from Mitro over the last four or five years is someone who gets their foot to the ball first, gets in a good position in front of a defender and a keeper, puts the ball in the back of the net. And it was 2-0 uh, after 36 minutes. And look, personally, I felt like it could have been a lot more from there. Um Dad and Sam, your your thoughts sort of coming into half time, two 0 up, but we saw what happened last week. Were there nerves around this, or did it feel a little bit different to Burnley? And maybe we'd learnt our lesson. Um, it, well, I, I can't say that I was without anxiety, but I, I, I thought it was a much better first half performance than the Burnley game. And like you, I thought we had more goals in us. I, I didn't. I, I wanted to give. Mooney's his moment here and, and not deflect and talk about other things. So I'm glad we've done that. But I, I have to say the man on the day for me is Willian. He was incredible. Uh, yes, we all know I love Willian, but yeah. I'm unashamed about it. Um, he was incredible. And he was, um, he, he, I believe he was part of everything, wasn't he? Part of every goal at least. Um, but so much more, and he was having fun. He he down the left, we were absolutely killing them, absolutely tearing it up. It was fun to watch. It's it's quite a treat, actually. What I was going to say, and it's so funny that you've even done this for me and perfectly segued. Is I was going to say it's quite it's quite um, a treat to watch a Fulham game and just listen to Elton bang on about how much he loves Willian for a full ninety minutes in real time. It's a uh, like the man, like you love that man. It's it's completely justified and it's all valid. But like uh, the the amount of praise that you will give um, that that young Brazilian over a full ninety minutes, it's it's quite something to behold. Like it's it's very genuine. You do not just save it for here. Um, no, nah, but he's he's phenomenal. He's he's, I mean, he is um, an aging top drawer bottle of wine. Um, who, yeah, he had an enormous amount of pace when he was younger, but he is still every bit as classy as he always was. Uh, I, ugh, he's 
I mean, he's gold standard to me. Um, ugh, he's he's just so wonderful. Yeah. In, yeah. in the pantheon of all great things that Marco Silva has brought and delivered and conjured, that bringing on, uh, yeah, getting Willian out of retirement and at Fulham for nothing yeah. Yeah. has to be right up there, surely. Oh, yeah, totally. It's a, it's a great example of, on paper, it just doesn't necessarily seem like the best um, idea or the best piece of business. But in practice, it is wonderful. It is scintillating. He's and I, lovely. And I reckon you can't underestimate um, what Willian is the backbone of in the club. I think, mm. I think those Brazilians um, all rise to the occasion playing training, just being around him because they have so much love. And, does. Mm, yeah, well, I think, but, I mean, particularly, you see an particularly the Brazilians. I, yeah, no, I, I actually disagree with that. I, I'd see an interview afterwards with Tom Kearney and he said it's incredible playing with someone like Willian because he's just always in the right spot. He does things. He's on everyone's wavelength. And that's that's the benefit. And I saw someone, again, can't remember who it was on social media, but saying Fulham have, Fulham have had a Champions League winger playing for the last two seasons for them. He might mm. be old, but he's that quality and at that level still. And, and Fulham have been incredibly lucky to have him. Um, mm. the, the, I've quite enjoyed Daddy saying that Willian is out there looking like he's enjoying his football, but you wouldn't tell it on his face because he always looks absolutely yeah, knackered know. from about <laughs> the fourth minute onwards. But you're right, he is enjoying his football. And, and from that, we, we get these amazing performances and we, we're just lucky to see a player like that at the cottage he's up there with your Berbatovs your Dembele's the, yeah. these guys who um you know it may not be the peak of their careers but their quality is just next level and, and it shows when they're out on the pitch um honestly sorry just uh, just the last just the just the bow on that point if we can get as many old guard players um, as physically possible, like like the aging players that um, are seen as past decision. their prime, I don't care. I just want to see it. Like, give me give me nostalgia ball. I mean, okay, look, um, uh, look, uh, into Miami's doing it, so they're they're doing the <laughs> they're the Barcelona encore. Huh? They're absolutely terrible. They're like bottom of the MLS, oh, which yeah, is a terrible just... league. Um, and also it, it completely goes against your point where you make about Brighton constantly bringing through youth players, yeah, which is what we should be that, doing. <laughs> I'm not saying what we should do. I'm saying what I want. There's a difference. <laughs> um, halftime, 2-0 up, uh, but a goal five minutes after halftime, a really good finish for a centre-back. Sinesi puts the ball in the back of the net. We didn't deal with corners very well, and geez, Bournemouth had a lot of them on the day. Um, I have to say there was a little bit of flapping from Leno a few times and a few nervous moments. And look, we were made to pay for it. Sinesi uh, takes the ball down. It looks like a you know prime Ronaldo or a prime Messi goal where he takes the ball down with one touch and on the swivel hits it on the half volley into the back of the net. Not going to stop that. The great thing about it, though, what we've seen across the whole season is Fulham capitulate when something like that happens. Instead, we went the complete other direction Scored just two minutes later, Rodrigo Muniz with his second goal. And again, it's magic from Willian. And uh, Willian obviously gets the assist here, and it's a great ball into the box. But I have to put a lot of praise on Muniz's head here. He drifts so perfectly to the back post. And maybe it is this Brazilian connection we're talking about. He just seemed to know where Willian wanted to put the ball. 
Willian has the ability to put the ball wherever he wants. And Muniz is in the exact right place, puts it in back post. It's still quite a difficult finish sort of on the volley to actually put that into the back of the net comfortably and calmly. doesn't try and hit it too hard. Top corner. And I think at that point, 3-1, it seemed like game over. Um, Dad and Sam, just thoughts on that goal? Because for me, that was probably my favourite of the day. Well, I think it says a lot about him taking it on the volley. Um, a year ago, maybe a matter of weeks ago, he may well have tried to control that. Never should be, but he may well have done that just to try and... Or something silly like that. <laughs> mm. oh, I don't know about that, but I'm just saying he may have taken a low, lower risk um, option and he, he executes it perfectly. Um, just, just a great goal and... It's one of those goals you, you actually would want to be in the ground for because to see that movement, um, I mean, the camera angles weren't bad for us, but to see that kind of movement uh, live is is really, really great to watch. And uh, I think, um, you know, the, the small box is not really uh, the perfect place to watch those sort of things. Hmm. But once, once again... Um, what what was so good about that was that we actually we actually snuff out Bournemouth's attempt to get back in the game so quickly. Um, and you're right, Jack. And both in the first and second half, I think there were many opportunities for us to score many more. But let's not be greedy. Three is pretty good for a Saturday afternoon at Craven Cottage. Doesn't happen that often, and I'm I'm taking it. But it it, it just Whereas, you know, in the just in the very very recent past, we haven't been able to deal with teams coming back at us. It was very very good to get that goal, and actually, sort of, um, chop them out of the game, and just show them that you know we hadn't gone to sleep. Mm. Um, so yeah, very very pleasing, really good. I always like seeing players at um, their absolute most confident because you don't necessarily see it all the time, and it's it's genuinely quite diff. I I I say I say it every week at the moment now, but I still think that every single Premier League player is uh, a Marvel athlete because in order to get to that level, you have to be astonishingly talented. But you know, there's there's things that just happens. There's injuries. There's not necessarily being um, with the right manager, not necessarily being in the right team. So some players just don't necessarily get the opportunity to show who they could absolutely be. So I I, I love seeing um, Muniz just show us um, uh, what he's truly capable of, um, just just really by being confident. I think he's has the potential to be a really, really intelligent player. He's clearly skillful, but he... And we're seeing we're seeing it now. He's just got such a beautiful understanding of um, just placement, and he he actually he reads the game really really nicely. Um, I think I think him and William, as we've previously said, uh, could really. I mean, like, William's the best person for him to be with right now, and for him, like to basically nurture him as well as Marcus Silva, but. Um, Oh, it's just exciting, isn't it? It's just exciting. Um, yeah, can't just well, can't really but, wait for the next game. 
it, it's it's such a strange thing, confidence, because what it, what it really is is it's all about what you've got to lose, and being brave, and it you know there's, I, I'd say that, yep, football like any other game at the highest level, it's very 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 difficult. But I always marvel at uh, batsmen in cricket. It's it's really the hardest thing to do. You get one shot. And if you get one good ball, that's the end of your afternoon, maybe the end of your five days or your series. Whereas, you know, 90 minutes, should you last that long in a game, uh, you get a few opportunities. And, and yet it's it's so difficult to really play with the freedom that your manager tries to motivate you to, to do. Because you know that it, it, how many opportunities you're going to get. And if you just can't do it, you know, it could be the end of your career. Mm. Um, it's it's fine lines. You see it as well in really audacious players, like um, players like Cole Palmer that come to mind that have just got an exceeding amount of confidence, and so that they 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 never struggle with that. They're just basically waiting for opportunities. But then when it um happens with um players like Munez, where you just invest in someone and then they um finally actually feel comfortable um. I don't want to say in their skin, but um, in their team, and it's 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 so it's so lovely to watch. I mean, it's one of the best parts of the game, in my opinion. Just investing in players and just watching them grow. No, it's a it's a lovely bit of narrative. Yeah, well, look, I, I think it's always a tough one when you're buying young players, especially like someone like Muniz, where um, you it, you do have to cross your fingers, um, mm. especially someone you know. He'd only played 19 professional games of football before he joined Fulham. Um, since then, he's he's only played 50-odd games. So his career is still very fresh and very new. There's a long way to go for him. And, um, you know, I think if you stick with someone and show a bit of faith in them, it does eventually pay off. Um, not always, because sometimes they don't have those that raw ability. And I think Muniz is showing that he does have some skills to be able to take it to the next level. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing his development over the next few years. I, I I genuinely think we're going to sign a new striker in the summer and Muniz will probably go out on a very good loan deal next year. I don't know who that's to. Um, maybe a lower league La Liga side or to the championship, to a team who's going to do him better maybe. But I, I think we there's there's still a long way to go for Muniz, but he's, he's showing some signs now. Um, let's... Keep moving because we've got a lot to get through in our 100th episode. We'll have a quick look at the stats from the weekend. Uh, Fulham with 49% possession to Bournemouth's 51. Fulham, seven shots on goal. Bournemouth, 25 shots on goal. Um, Fulham with six shots on target. Bournemouth, only four shots on target. Um, similar amount of passes. Fulham with 453. Bournemouth with 448. Fulham with the one corner. Bournemouth with 13 corners. And 11 oh, yeah. fouls apiece. I thought the referee actually had a pretty good game, even though I saw a few Bournemouth fans whinging about it. I thought he actually did pretty well. Um, I, I do think that shot stat is a little lopsided because of the number of corners. I think with pretty much every corner, they kind of had one or two shots on goal. They were blocked. They didn't even get to the keeper. I don't think Leno had to make more than a handful of saves, really, if that. Um, and there are a lot of shots from distance and, you know, as it shows, four shots on target from 25 shots on goal is a pretty poor return. Um, let's look forward to the upcoming game this weekend. We're playing 
against Aston Villa. It's another home game and another game uh, with a 3 p.m. kickoff at Craven Cottage. It's against a high-flying Villa. Um, if I have a look at the table now and see where everyone sits, see Villa are currently sitting fifth. Um, they did lose to Man United uh, the other night, but this is a good Villa team who are flying high and, you know, there's been some outside chat about them challenging for the title. I think that's probably dropped off now, but they're definitely challenging for those champion league spots. And it's a very different Villa side from the one we played last year. But we saw earlier this season players like John McGinn really getting under the skin of film players. Um, Dad, I'll throw to you first. What do you think the key to getting any kind of points out of this Villa game are for this Fulham team? Well, for a start is uh, Polina not being drawn to the t- the tactics of uh, John McGinn, uh, drawn in and 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 um, yeah, he he was a nuisance last time, and he actually had an incredibly effective game, um, which frustrated and annoyed me. But I even when we played them last time, I I I, I felt like we 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 felt like we were in that game and could get something out of it and then it all kind of went pretty wrong. Um look it's exciting with the Wobi and Bassey back. Um they've had a a pretty busy four or five or six weeks or however long they've been away. And um I I, I hope they can slot back in pretty quickly because it's a pretty big game for, for for them to return to. But if we can play like we have done, you know, in the last couple of weeks and have these guys back, my, my only uh, regret about this, this fixture is, is that Tosin isn't available. Yes. You heard it from me. Um, that because I, I feel like Tosin at the moment um, is our, our back, our best center back on the right. Uh, Diop's not awful, but he looks a bit vulnerable from time to time for me. Um, and I think we we could really do with him. I, my understanding is he's still injured, um, so I don't suppose we'll see him. But and, and we we may well not even see Bassi and Iwobi, uh starting on the um, the th- this this game on Saturday. But really, this is a pretty good squad, um, uh, barring injuries. Um, when everyone's back on board, so I'm I'm up for the game for sure. I I, I really on our day we 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 can take it to anyone. Look at look at Arsenal. Look at Liverpool. We we've proven that, and Tottenham. Yeah, look, I don't think we'll win. Uh, um, uh, I I think I I genuinely just think Aston Villa are just kind of the better team, and they they I think with their play style. They'll probably nut us out. The the only thing I want to see is I still want to see um, Muniz be really competitive and basically be in the game. If Muniz gets a goal, I'll be super stoked. Um, and I would like I I, ju- I just want to see Bassi and Awobi back. They've had such a good Afcon. I, they've they've made us so genuinely proud of them. Even if it, even if it's just like um, a run out in the park, just to clap them. I, 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 I just, I just want that. Um, yeah. I, I can't see it going amazing for us, but you know what? That's okay. That's okay. Um, uh, it's, it, it, you can't win them all, you know? 
that's 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 the way I feel about it. You know, Jack. Before you jump in, wh- one thing I reckon is is worth getting yours your opinions on. When when we came out of the championship, even though we had a really good season, one one thing that did happen in our first season back in the Premier League is it all kind of went to shit whenever we got pressed very hard and we were found out um, at times by the better sides or sides who actually just had worked us out somewhat. I think we've actually improved that element of our game. Um, not not entirely because I think they're probably man for man still some potential weak links at the back. But I, I actually think when teams in the last, oh, this season have pressed us hard I think we're less vulnerable and we can break those presses. Um, what, what do you guys think about that? No, I think that's, yeah, I think that's totally true. I mean, the Arsenal game comes to mind. They were pressing us really, really hard, but I think we completely held our own. Um, well, I, it wasn't, that's, that's kind of what they do, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be yeah, interested uh, to see look, what Jack takes. So, yeah. I, I think it, it all depends on who we put out on the park. I think there are certain players in the team who, play through the press press quite well and others not so much. Um, uh, I've really liked the way Bassi handles the press. I've really liked the way Diop handles the press as well. Um, and, and they'd probably be my preference for the two who start. Um, Tosin, I think, has, has qualities that I like, but they might not match up perfectly for this game. And I think even Tim Ream might be someone who I'd consider for this game. I, I mean, look at the way he shut Solanke out completely um, had a good yeah, game. against Bournemouth. Had a really good game. Uh, he had a really good game, made a couple of really good interceptions where he stepped up at the right time. Um, I, I'm actually fairly comfortable with any of our defenders starting this game. Um, I think I'd like to see Bassi come back in because he was probably Nigeria's standout through the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think on who scored, who, who do sort of official match ratings, he was Nigeria's highest rated player through the tournament. So definitely someone I'd like to see come straight back in off the back of some good form. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Silver does rest him coming off the back of Afghan. I think they're in Lagos today um, meeting the president. So it's not like they're back at, at, at Motspo Park at the moment <coughs> training and getting used to things. They're still in African time and... Um, although it's probably the same, maybe one it's hour London difference time, in the time zone. But yeah. but <laughs> either way, you know, you've got a quite a long flight ahead of you and um, it's been a, a bit of a draining experience over the last um, month and a half or however long it's been for both of those players. So wouldn't be surprised if we see them both in the squad, but maybe not in the starting lineup. I did see that Tosin, he, he wasn't available for last weekend against Bournemouth uh, due to a knock in the game before that. So he wasn't quite ready for Bournemouth. Um, there is a potential for him to come back for this Villa game. So I expect he'll be in and around the squad as well, which you'll probably see Defugerols drop off the bench, which is disappointing in a way. But also it's good to see that we're getting a bit of depth back to our bench again by mm-hmm. having players like Bassi, Iwobi and Tosin all dropping back onto the bench again. Um, look, I- I'm actually cautiously optimistic for this game. I think... Looking at the fact that someone like um, Solanke is, you know, one of the most informed strikers in the Premier League and didn't get a sniff all game. Looking at the way we've played against Arsenal, against Liverpool this season, um, and, and, you know, all of the big six teams. And we've put in really good performances. 
we we're not always on our day, but if we are on our day and we we play well, we're at the cottage in front of a home crowd and and put some pressure on Villa and and start the game right. I, I actually think there's potentially something in it for us. I, I'm definitely not writing this one off as a loss. I'm not saying we're going to walk out there and yeah, walk over them and and win easily, but um, I mean we'll get to a, a much requested segment coming up, which is Jack's top tips. Um, you uh, and we'll, we'll see my top tip for the game, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll save it for then. But I, I think there's there's definitely something in this one, and I, I don't think we should write it off quite yet. Um, look, guys, let's let's keep powering through. And as um, I've mentioned a few times, it is our 100th episode. So just firstly, a massive thank you to everyone who's um, liked and subscribed and listened over the last couple of years. We do really appreciate all the support and um, it, it's it's great to reach 100 episodes. Um, what we're going to do for the rest of the podcast is, you know, focus on um, looking back in, in the last sort of couple of years and enjoying it a little bit and, and talking about some of the things that um, we enjoy talking about on the podcast. So bringing back some old segments and um, what I'd like to do first is is something that we put a lot of focus on recently, which is um, Fulham women's team. Just to do a quick preview of their game this weekend, it's uh, a cup game for the Fulham women. Um, their game against Enfield in the league was unfortunately postponed on the weekend, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, this weekend, they're going to be playing Actonians in the Capital Women's Cup. Uh, this is the tournament where we beat Arsenal in the last round. So um, it, it's been, I think, three months since that game, and we're finally getting to the next round of the competition. Um, uh, we played Actonians previously this season. I think we might have played them in an early round of the FA Cup and beat them quite convincingly. So we're hoping for another good performance here. Um, Dad and Sam, obviously the focus is on the league. Do you think cup wins are still important? I mean, we saw with the men um, the effects that a, a semi-final run in the uh, Carabao Cup and a, a decent run in the FA Cup has on the squad. Do you think... Fulham will be putting a lot of focus on this game, or do you think it's it's maybe a unwanted distraction going into the, the sort of pointy end of the season? I don't necessarily think it's an unwanted distraction, but I truly think the focus is the league. I think it would be silly for us not to focus on the league, and I think that is the agenda, and that is really what the girls deserve. Um, uh, so I, th I think, I think, um, obviously like we'll front up and we'll, we'll do what we do. These girls are killers and I love them for it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the focus is the league. It's, it's, it's so close. We can taste it. So, and I think, um, yeah, I think, I think, I think that's, that's where, that's where the brain really is right now. Could be wrong though. Well, is it fair to say that if you're playing Premier League and maybe Champions League, and a couple of cup competitions, um, you know, if there's an opportunity for silverware, you're going to go for the ride. Um, mm. But if you're in the laser waffle and you're bookended with a, such a difficult process to get out, um, you'd be brave not to be laser focused on the laser waffle top position. Uh, and um, so... No, no one's ever going to avoid uh, taking those cups seriously, but my my, they've got um, they've got a target that they're all surely heading for. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really sure what I'm saying. 
but uh, <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what? Um, it, uh, just because you don't know what you're saying, uh, Jack didn't ask this question, but it's um, uh, it's been such a joy covering the women. I've genuinely loved every bit of the content that we've actually done about it. If nothing else, um, just seeing the girls get so so be, be so genuinely appreciative of what we do and i cannot stress it enough support these girls because they truly deserve it they are such incredible athletes that are working um uh, part-time jobs some of them are at university and they just want to play football and they're good at it as well they deserve everything that they get and covering them has been an absolute joy because of that well make that full-time jobs and and uh, playing football say pretty sure yeah. full-time but yeah. yeah um what one thing to consider with this game on the weekend um fulham have you know been slightly disrupted in the last few weeks by uh, this game being cancelled and the, the game or postponed rather than cancelled and the game before where we played dulwich hamlet that was another league cup game so a little bit of rotation there we haven't played a league game since the 28th of january so this this is possibly a chance to actually get a few minutes into legs and and Put put some time in on the pitch and in game sim- situations for that run in for the league. So I actually think it's it's probably more important than sometimes a cup run would be, purely because of the disruption of last week's postponed game. I saw obviously the the whole team managed to get down to Motspur Park, I think it was, and have, have a team workout session and um, play a little bit out on the pitch as well, and and still keep themselves warm, but. You know, you don't want to have those extended periods where you're not playing games because it is all about momentum and and keeping the ball rolling constantly. So um, I, I think this game is actually more important than than maybe it would have been if the game last weekend hadn't been mm. postponed. Uh, if we have a quick look at the laser waffle, um, we can see Dartford on the weekend had a good result, got a win, put themselves back on top of the league. They have a game in hand over Fulham. Uh, and a one-point advantage at this stage. We do still play Dartford and Dulwich Hamlet, who sit two points behind us uh, with a game in hand. So um, the the games against those two teams are going to be incredibly important come the end of the season. We've had some really good fights with them throughout the year, and I think um, it's just a really exciting run-in for the rest of the year, and I'm really looking forward to covering the whole thing because I think it's going to be be an interesting one. and I, I really back our girls to to keep the pressure on and keep pushing hard right through to the end of the season. And hopefully we do finally take out that single promotion spot. Um, jumping away now, we're going to talk about the Fantasy League. We haven't touched on it in a little while, but now is the time, seeing it's our 100th episode. Uh, currently on top of the league, we have Fantasy Emu. Uh, it's uh, Troy Veery uh, sitting on top with 1,481 points. Um, a, a spattering of people who we've seen up the top for the basically the whole season so far. Um, but uh, good stuff to Troy, currently sitting on top and leading the way, uh, especially after a very good game week last week. Fortunately, we've seen Wesley Boxall and his team named Mitrovision, which I still can't get my head around, um, drop away from that top spot that he held down for most of the season so far. Um, but he's climbing back up the league again. So we'll keep an eye on that as we get towards the end of the season. I don't think I remember what my name was in um, the thing. That probably, Dad, you, get, yeah. That you, you're, you're probably giving it away, Sam. That you haven't edited it for a while or made any changes. 
I, I, I forget I, that it exists. But I, you know, I, I can't remember the URL of the page <laughs> well, where, where one might look, go. Uh, I'll tell you now, for two people who are not playing, Sam, you are doing atrociously. Um, yep. You're sitting in 49th. Your team Excellent. named Thick Craven City. Oh, that's, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds about right. Yeah, cool. And, um, Dad, you're not doing much better. You are 53rd out of 56 um, with uh, just over 1,000 points, Craven Squadcast. Um, the, the joy of it, and we've got someone below you on the live stream and Steve Reynolds, who is 54th <laughs> oh, at the moment. Oh, Steve. What's he up, four Steve? Steven, Steven. 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 And Steve. even more unfortunately, uh, last place currently, Emma Reynolds, um, <laughs> who is sitting on 845 points, a oh, full thousand points now. behind our current leader. Um, Please tell me you don't actually play. <laughs> of course I do. Not very well. No, but, no, uh, Steve, Stephen Emma. I'm talking about Stephen Emma. Oh, no, I really hope they don't because that's that's bad <laughs> if they do. Um, moving on, Dad, I'm going to hand to you on this one. I, I set you a task of um, pulling out mainly your um, favourite tweeters, uh, exes, whatever you want to call them. And, and look, we're looking at the people who you and I guess we as a group enjoy seeing uh, in the Fulham community and, and seeing, you know, the, the content that they put out. And... I'll just pull it up on our live stream here. We've put together a bit of a list of the top, uh, how many is that? Two, four, six, eight, ten, twenty, 20, top 20 tweeters um, as per, you know, the, what we've seen over the last couple of years and what we really enjoy looking at in our, in on, in our Twitter feeds. Dad, why don't you just walk us through, um, you know, some, some of the highlights here and maybe I'll throw to yourself and Sam and, and myself and maybe pick our top three out of this group. Yeah, well, what what I love to do is is actually just talk a little bit about why they make the list, and um, I, I guess be here all night if we do some, that. Well, <laughs> let let's be here all night, and let's sort of pay some uh, homage and um, really give some thanks to to people who um, provide so much entertainment, really, and so much knowledge, and so much. Uh, news content. Um, it, it it's really quite an amazing um, resource, I suppose. And not not that every club doesn't have it, but I, I think that uh, there are some really key people um, who drive an enormous amount of the good quality stuff. Excuse me, that uh, we all enjoy. Um, I, I've kind of broken, or well, not broken. I, I've categorised um, these different. Um, content providers uh, into five different categories, and my, my first yes, I have my first yeah. category is what I call the kind of spine and backbone of the community, uh, probably characterised by the amount of content they put out and also the, the the quality. But this is sort of the the super highway of of content, if you like, um, and I, I, I want to shout out. Peter Rutzler, who obviously I know Peter does this uh, as a job, but he provides an enormous amount of commentary um, and and most of it, well, not all of it, at a very, very professional level. And I, I know that a lot of um, a lot of Peter's commentary is actually almost ball by ball, almost like crick info, ball by ball, um, sort of uh, 
updates. But for 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 days when matches are not televised and people can't make them in England, I'm sure that's very valuable. Obviously, we benefit from always being able to see uh, games on TV. But so yeah, just a big shout out to him. And and then we've got uh, Fulham fan zone, Fulham fan news. Who I I don't mean to homogenise and group together, but I sort of see them as fairly similar and pumping out an enormous amount of content. And it's a huge job doing that. So I thank those guys. Um, White Noise, obviously the god of all aggregators of Fulham information. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the reposter of all reposters. And um, I don't know if he's got some software that's doing that or if he's actually doesn't sleep much, but I, I can't quite believe... Uh, what he gathers and pumps out. But I, I must say, a lot of what he does is reposting. But what I really enjoy is when he puts a little rye crack in there from time to time. It's very, very, very good quality. I, I particularly love the uh, the Tony Khan stuff recently. Hmm. Uh, that was actually very amusing to me. Um, I, I also want to shout out Dan, Dan Crawford and the Hammy End um, for a couple of reasons. N- number one, I think he's 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 a good sort. Dan, he's a he's a man of his convictions and beliefs. He knows a lot about the game. He knows a lot about the club. He's involved in a lot of things, not only just the Green Pole and the Hammy End. You know, he's part of the Fulham Supporters Trust. He follows the women's, uh, and he's he's covering an awful lot. And I, I personally enjoy his content, and I, I love what he's doing. So thanks for that. And then. At the end of my sort of backbone of the Fulham community, uh, I, I think it would be remiss not to shout out Sammy James for what he does. Um, he's obviously running an important podcast. He started that important podcast. But what I'm going to give him most props for here is actually um, being quite outspoken for the fans in recent weeks and months. Uh, in in terms of affordable Fulham. And I respect to him for, I wouldn't say not caring, but not being afraid to speak his mind um, and and, and actually promote the right things being done. Um, Do you guys want to say anything or should I just keep going on my rant? Uh, yeah, I was about to say you've you've been you've been you've been fully indulged. Um, look, um, I I don't. I'm, I'm not even I'm not even partway finished. I know you're not. I know you're not. There's so, so just, many names just so, on this list. Just yeah? just so just because I know you're just going to randomly completely derail me, I'm actually yeah. going to cut you off and then I'm going to let you speak at the end. Okay? Cool, cool. No, I'm glad you okay. see that coming. So, so 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 my next category is. Well, uh, am I allowed great. to say something? No. Oh, you can anyway, talk, you can talk yeah. at the end, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my next category is only, only two I'm going to give this uh, category to. I'm sure there are more, and I'm probably going to be reminded of who I've missed. But this is for Fulham analysis. Um, I'm going to shout out Jack Collins, uh, obviously a pro journalist. And, you know, Jack's got um, a lot of very, very good insights. And I, I think no one goes wrong in, 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 in listening to what Jack has to say, and it's normally spot on. But um, the one that I really love, and I'm not alone, is the College Tactico. I, I'm amazed at mm. this guy's analysis. Um, and if he's not working in the back room um, with some of the Fulham team, I'm not sure why they're not uh, tapping into uh, some of the stuff this guy comes up with. He's really, really good. He's 
his content, his, his graphics are great, and he puts an enormous amount of work in, and it's it's a joy. It's a joy to follow. Um, then I'm going to go for witty, insightful, sarcastic, ironic. Right. How many categories are there? Because this is probably going oh, to go down. Let me stage. find that mute yeah. button. Yeah. Mute. Uh, uh, my, my witty, insightful, sarcastic, ironic uh, category. Um, I'm going to go for Jack and Loz, who obviously um, are very niche players in all of this and write beautifully, spend a lot of time covering every game, following home and away very passionately. And, uh, you know, they're great writers and, and often come up with uh, uh, interesting and, and very beautifully worded takes on, on games. Highly enjoyable. Um, I'm going to shout out IBS. I think he's IBZ, IBS. Um, he's, he's, he's not a big player in the community by any means, but he's actually got some pretty smart things to say from time to time. I love his political uh, commentary, um, not so far from the, fr from the front line. And uh, I, I think he's a good listen or, or good read anyway. And, and then for, yeah, witty and insightful, I'm, I'm going to shout out John Ormond-Royd. I think that's the correct pronunciation who's some of you might know uh, was the uh, the author of that great Tom Kearney song. Um, and, and interesting fact, um, came up with the drum part for Vindaloo. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, apart from all of that, um, John has moved to the Nashville of all Fulham songs, which is Australia, clearly, um, and he's moved to Brisbane. Not sure why. I'd love to know the, the inside story behind all that, but he's moved there with his partner, uh, Rachel. Um, and John is a very funny guy on Twitter. Um, the one thing that really made me so, smile very recently, he had this really great thing that he reposted that someone put up the royal line of succession and it showed, you know, Prince William and his siblings and children. Um, and his comment was, and we were worried about Fulham squad depth. Um, it is very funny. <laughs> it, it is quite funny, Sam. <laughs> um, in my entertaining category, I'm going with oh Fulham God. Random. Because Fulham Random is mute button for Sam again. Yeah, I know you. I know you're not getting a look in, darling. But yeah, you know, just sit sit quietly in your in your cot. Uh, Fulham Random. Um, Astonishing, astonishing statistics this guy uh, drags up. Um, he, he's the biggest nerd, and I say that in the most loving way. It's so good. Uh, if anyone hasn't discovered Fulham Random, it's it's incredible stuff that he drags up. And then my last category of my two-hour segment um, is uh, what I call proper Fulham geezers. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm going to name Tom Rogers. Fulham Marto, Black, White and Fred, MJG, Fulham in Japan, and I'm going to put Rachel Stevens in this uh, group as well because Rachel is, um, you know, I think she's the director or certainly on the board of the Fulham mm -hmm. Lilies, uh, yeah. very passionate about the woman, women's football. And th these people uh, are just ordinary folk, love their club and are out there commenting and just really putting their heart on their sleeves 
about how they feel about the club and um, what's happening and their views on what's happening. And I think they just uh, provide an incredible um, amount of entertainment and information for us all. And that is all. I love you, Father. Uh, God forbid you ever write an autobiography. You'd have to get James Cameron to like direct it because it'd take like four hours. It'd be, basically be Avatar, wouldn't it? Love you. Uh, <laughs> look, yeah, listen, okay. listen to you keeping it nice and concise there, Sammy. Um, I will. I will. <laughs> I, do, I, I, do. Look, yeah. I, I will say that it's a, it's a great list and I actually agree with all of them. I think I put forward a couple there and uh, the biggest thing and the reason we do did this list is is purely to shout out the people in the community who who offer so much and i hope we as a podcast are able to do something similar maybe not to the same level that these people are able to to do it at but you know we we try and put out insightful stuff we try and uh, you know put our finger on the pulse of how everything's going um in in the fulham world and these people are important people because no one, I mean, I was about to say no one does this as a job. Peter Rutzler actually does do it as a job. Apart from that, everyone else it takes their time out to just do this because they love Fulham and they love the club. I look at Cottage Tactico and the, the amount of time he must spend fully analysing everything. I know Fulham Random, he's a great bloke and, he, you know, he's had a few little struggles, but the fact is every single day he's posting birthdays of obscure Fulham players and putting out stats from the 40s and 50s and and Mm. just the and he's done that from books as well it's not pulling stuff off Wikipedia or asking chat GPT to put stats together he's sitting there with his head in these books and going to libraries and finding the information these guys are the 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 backbone of Fulham and the backbone of why we love Fulham and why we follow the club because they're, they're people who are passionate about following Fulham and, and putting out really good content for Fulham as well. So I, I, my hat goes off to all of these people. And we'll give them a proper shout out on socials as well because the, these this group of twenty people and many many more on top of these who we didn't get to mention, but they're they're important people for the community, and I, I really do appreciate everything that they do for the Fulham community. Yeah, Sammy, I, I was, you obviously yeah. want to add something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was actually going to say that I largely hate Twitter. I largely hate Twitter quite a lot. I, I, I don't like the environment on there largely, but this podcast would not this genuinely would it would be very, very hard to do this without um, these people providing this content for us. I mean, I know that we have uh, sweeped Twitter quite a lot to um, scope out things and it has been endlessly helpful and also as well um some of the support that we've actually gotten from um some of these guys has been so generous and so genuinely um uh it's it's been it's been so lovely to actually get the support from some of these people because i i believe i believe like uh white noise actually shouted us out in very very early days and i know black white and fred has been pushing our stuff and, ge- and genuinely they've actually helped us so much so it's uh, just a genuine thank you and you know on your point there sammy you say you don't like twitter that much and you think it's a horrible place but mm. i think what we do by shouting out people like this is you you are able to curate your twitter feed and if you if you really want to chuck these 20 people into a, a list yeah. on twitter and just follow what Absolutely. they say and oh, you yeah, have a really totally. good experience on twitter um, because they they yeah. put out really good content. There's there's no 
you know, it's a lot of positivity as well. The negativity is there when I think it's needed, but all of these people put out really good content and really well considered content. They're not just running their mouth off at players. It, it's all um, well thought out. And I think that it's a really good point you make that Twitter can sometimes be a really toxic place. So to, to have these kind of people in our community putting out positive and interesting and, and well thought out content is so important. And again, really appreciate all the work that they do. Yeah. Um, Let's move on to the next, and it's the return of Jack's top tip. Yes. Something we put in the back pocket because we got, well, no, just ethically because we thought maybe we should. Um, but we're bringing it back for the 100th episode, and I've got one for the Villa game this weekend. It's a juicy multi-bet. Um, as I said before, when we previewed the Villa game, I genuinely think there's a chance for us to get something here, and I really think Rodrigo Muniz is just looking in the form of his life at the moment. Who would bet against him to score his fourth goal in three games and Fulham to draw this one, one all? I can't see us keeping a clean sheet against what is a, an, an attacking threat from Villa with blokes like Watkins, Diaby, even uh, McGinn, who scored against us last time and, and constantly makes a, makes a hassle of himself. I genuinely think there's a chance of a draw here, though. $31 for one all and Rodrigo Muniz to score at any time in the game. You know, a, a it's pretty good ten dollar bet, or, or you know, even a two dollar bet, and you're you're actually coming away with a little bit of money in your pocket. So, um, I'll be chucking a cheeky little bet on that one. I think going into this weekend. Um, any thoughts on that one, guys? I, I'm I'm hoping I picked something with half decent odds. I was looking at a few things that were paying, you know, four to one, and I just thought that's not a top tip. Come on. Grow up. I mean, I just I just appreciate Jack's top tips in general. You come at it with so much passion. I don't actually know why we got rid of it. I've always loved this segment. I just I just think it's hilarious because you always come in so hard with such a very very concise, thought out opinion with a lot of energy, and then it's tampered with a uh, please gavel response to me. It's it's so it's genuinely entertaining. I I want I want this to stay. <laughs> I, I like the narrative that we, we, we haven't done this for a long time and now we're doing it and Jack's come up with a really interesting, pretty tasty same-game multi, $31. $31. And he goes, I think I might put a couple of dollars on that, which which sort of suggests that since we dropped it, he hasn't been betting. <laughs> gamble responsibly, everyone. Um <laughs> No, I actually, actually haven't. I need money to be able to gamble. So, um, but look, if you followed my top tips in the past, you would have no money in your pocket. So, um, it, it definitely means absolutely nothing. I think I've maybe got close to one so far, but hundredth episode, you never know. It, it feels like destiny, maybe that I finally actually get one right. And, um, you know, Muniz one all draw against a high flying Villa. What will really happen is Muniz will score and we'll win two one. Um, yeah, but. Look, uh, there's my top tip for the game, $31, um, Fulham versus Villa this weekend. Enjoy it and uh, gamble responsibly. Thanks to Bet365 for actually offering anytime goal scorers. Uh, moving forwards, uh, Cottage Cheese, Sammy, is a lot of responsibility on your head here to close out our 100th episode. We got we Cottage cut Cheese. This, we cut this segment because you were terrible at it and you just refused to prepare. I've given you about three weeks' notice that we're going to have a Cottage Cheese what have you got for us? Barely any preparation at all because I thought to myself, I was like, if I'm going to do this properly, if I'm going to do this properly, I need to leave it to and the very last minute. No, I know. I'm, if I'm going to do it properly, my door just swung open. 
Uh, if I'm going to do it properly, I, that required uh, minimal, minimal preparation and chat GPT and then just going, just going with what I had. So uh, it's now your annual source of protein. Isn't that fun? You know, just, just, oh, I miss, I miss the drop in your faces. I miss the drop in your faces just when I'm about to start doing this. It's great. Just put okay. us out of our misery, please, Sammy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so a lot of these are actually quite, um, they're, they're more deeper philosophical questions that I'm posing to you. So feel free to spend more time on it if you would like to. Now, um, uh, would you rather have Fulham's midfield dominated by playmakers or enforcers? Good question. Uh, can I have both? <laughs> no, pick <laughs> one. Pick <laughs> one. Terrible. What? What? Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, look, um, I'll, I'll go first while Dad has a coughing fit. Um, I yeah. I've really enjoyed the Palenia Enforcer era over the last 18 months at Fulham. But when you see blokes like Tom Kearney on his day, um, Willian on his day, imagine if you had that and then include Dembele and Malbronk and blokes like that in there. It's, it's, it's great seeing a hard tackle come in, but there's nothing like seeing those guys on their day with twinkle toes and just walking over opposition teams. I, I'm all about the creative playmakers for me. Um, I'd, I'd love to create some discourse, but I'm actually the same. Um, a, 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 any day, it's wonderful having an enforcer and it's it's been enjoyable, um, but I wouldn't trade it absolutely for creativity mm. and class because that's real entertainment. The other stuff is kind of gladiatorial in a way. And it's got its own kind of, uh, uh, it's got its own, it's got its own entertainment value for place. sure. Yeah, that's the panache. But yoga yeah. bonito. Yeah, oh, I think that's fair enough. Um, would you rather have Fulham's next captain be chosen by the fans or the coaching staff? I will back the coaching staff. Certainly, the current mm. ones. I'll back them every single time. I don't think um yeah I think I think managers have the best insight um as to what uh a team needs and they also have the best knowledge of um uh I I think a lot of a lot of stuff happens on the field and off the field as well and in the change rooms that we don't even see and we couldn't begin to understand how Tom Kearney might take a young player aside or indeed an older player who's out of line and, 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 and bring them back into line. And I think it's probably only one or two dimensional at best, uh, the view of the lens that we have from watching, watching these guys. I'd, I'd love to hand it to the fans, but I just don't trust them. <laughs> to be perfectly no. blunt. Agree, uh, the amount of, the amount of hatred that gets thrown at the drop of a hat sometimes is is crazy. So, uh, as as my, if you if you picked a little committee of trusted Fulham people, I think you'd you'd actually come out with a good result. But I also think that result would probably reflect what the coaching staff um, would would choose as well. And the coaching staff they see so much behind closed doors that we just never see, and they obviously make the right picks. And and I don't think 
Fulham have had a bad permanent captain for quite a long time now, really. Yeah, and as long as there's sophistry, democracy will always be slightly overrated, in my opinion. Would you rather have Fulham sign a player with exceptional pace or technical ability? Technical ability every day. Really? Yeah. I mean, we signed a player with exceptional pace and he pulled his hammy straight away. Um, (laughs) Technical ability is is pretty much a given there. It just makes the most sense. Um, Because well, you're basically talking Mr. Messi at that point. You can be as slow as you want if you're that good. Mm. Well, even look at look at Willian. I'm sure he was a yard quicker, but losing pace has really not detracted very much from his ability to influence a game and have a ball on the, stuck to the end of his foot. Skill, mm. skill, skill any day. Uh, create creativity as well, not just skill. Excellent. And last but not leastly, and a broader question for Leastly. you. Outside, yeah, let's go with that. Outside of TC, Ream, and now Reed, I guess, because all these guys are on the aging side, who, in your opinion, should be Fulham's next captain? Rodrigo Muniz. <laughs> no, obviously not. Um, it's tough because we do have a bit of an aging squad. Um yeah. I'd actually like someone like Bassey. I think I don't know what he's like, you know, outside of. Uh, I think he's. Most defenders have something to say and have a bit of something about them. Maybe even someone like Awobi. He's only 27, so he's still got quite a bit of his career ahead of him. Um, but I, I think a young defender, someone like Bassey, make him captain. Maybe he sticks around for 10 years and, and we get a really solid, long career out of someone like that. Um, sadly, um, I, I was going to say exactly the same thing. Um, yeah, I'd, I, I think he'd, yeah, I don't, I don't ob- obviously really understand. Um, I don't know him personally. We don't get to see very much of him, of his personality. Um, but he's young. He's very confident. He's forceful. Um, I don't know how sensible he is. But I think he could be a great captain. Um, I'd probably like to see someone like Kenny Tete as captain, actually. How about that? Ooh, um, that's a good shout. Um, yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't even the mind. Team at the moment. I, I know. I, I wouldn't even mind Bert Leno. Um, yeah. But I don't really love goalkeepers as, as, as captains. Yeah. Um, I don't think Harry Wilson... Uh, would be my man. I love Harry Wilson, but I don't think that's him. Um, I'll put, I'll put my, yeah. I tell you what, if I I, I don't do, does a captain have to have a long career in front of him or is he just the best guy for the season? And if so, why not William? It's good. It's a very, it's actually a very good question. Easily retire at the end of the season. That's probably, but that's okay. But but let, let, so why why wouldn't he be considered for this season when he oh, is? I, I disagree with that. I think you need um, consistency mm. um, to to breed long term success. I, I think if you have captains changing every season, you just don't. You need a backbone to a club. It's the same as having the players there. And I think you want a captain who's been captain for a long time. And that's the joy of having Reem and Kearney both at the club for 
eight years, they've been captain, I think, for maybe the last six years between the two of them. So we've had that consistency running all the way through and we can sort of lean on that all the time. Um, I, I think if you picked someone like Willian, he'd, he'd possibly be a good captain, but you get one season out of him and then you've got to pick your next captain. And then you pick mm-hmm. Leno and you maybe get two seasons out of him and then your next captain. And I look at blokes like Danny Murphy, who was captain for a long period of time, um, Chris Coleman, captain for a long period. You know, the, these guys who put in long stints at the club, they're the guys who I think you want with the armband on because it, it just it forms that backbone and it's it's a leadership group you can trust and lean on. Mm. How about some how about some golden handcuffs and uh, Joao Polinia? Uh, that you took the words out of my mouth. I would I would love I would love to have Jao, but you know what? Outside of Jao, maybe maybe let's start completely fresh and maybe just pop it on De Fugerol, Even though I'm not like I'm I'm picturing this more in like two or three years time where he's maybe coming to his element a little bit more and has established himself more in the club. Josh King, yeah, I haven't seen all enough. Sixteen of Josh years, King. all sixteen years old of him. Give him the end. Lock him that down for a fifteen-year career at the club. Could be and great. Then he can go and play in the MLS. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> that's your cottage cheese. Lovely, good, thank Sam. you, Sammy. That was um, probably the best cottage cheese you've ever done. So thank you for saving a, a decent one for our hundredth episode. It's too bad we had to deal with all the dross before it. But well, I do what I can. No, I do what I can. much appreciated. <laughs> so guys, we can close it out there. It's um. Surprisingly, not as long as I ex- expected us to go for today, even though Dad had his 40-minute uh, Twitter moment. But I enjoyed every second of it, Dad, so it's uh, it's good with me. Um, we might cut that and make it into a separate side pobber, I think, as well. Give the people what they really want. Um, I think that's an ASMR one. Uh, you can put that on just as you're trying to fall asleep at night, listen to Dad talk about the top Fulham tweeters for 20 minutes. I think there Perfect genuinely is an audience asleep. for that. I feel, uh, yeah, I feel oh, like I've, that is I've had, I've seen the comments. I don't know if you have. There, there are comments out there. Oh, yeah, People no, I believe asking it. for more. Yeah, no, no, I um, think, yeah, no, I believe. Guys, just a, a big thank you to to everyone again who supported us over this last 100 episodes, and thank you to you guys, Dad and Sam, for the, the 100 episodes together. I don't think, I don't think any of us have managed all 100 I think we've all missed a handful here or there. Dad, when you were up in Exmouth, Sam, just purely through time zone differences. Yeah, um, tired. I think we've, we've yeah, well, I wonder who will actually reach 100 caps for the So Craven first. Uh, but I'm not doing the maths to work that out. So uh, let's just call it evens and say we're all there. Um, but thank you guys for, for doing this podcast and, uh, it's it's been a really enjoyable couple of years. Uh, stressful sometimes, but at the end of the day, we, we're doing something that we kind of love talking about Fulham and um, catching up a couple of times a week. So it's been really enjoyable. Um, guys, I think we can can it there. People have heard us talk for approximately 100 hours now, um, probably more than sick of us. So, Sammy, thank you for joining us tonight. Well, they're going to get a little more. No, I, 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 think we've, I think we've done a very... Do you know, I, I, I've said it a bunch of I've said it a bunch of times. It's for uh, what we're doing here. Obviously, we love our club and we love Fulham, but I, I'm, we're, I genuinely believe that we're really doing this for Alfie and Miles and Lola and Henry, my nephews and nieces, and Jack's son and um, my dad's uh, grandchildren. Uh, this, I think, this is a really lovely thing that they'll be able to 
look back on at some point. Alfie can literally do the intro. Jack's kid can literally do the intro. That's how many times we've done this. And um, now I think I think this is uh, such a lovely, lovely time capsule, and we have a really, really lovely community. And I can't thank everybody enough. It's fucking mental that we've done a hundred of these. It's actually insane to me. But um, yeah, a hundred more, five hundred more. Uh, yeah, long may it rain. Lovely, Sammy, uh, and Dad. Thank you for joining us tonight. Yep, thank you very much. I've enjoyed it. Um, um, I, I, yeah, I, I echo everything that Sam said. It's very enjoyable to me. I talk about it anyway, uh, whether there was a mic in front of me, obviously. Um, but um, I, I love doing it with you guys, obviously, and um, it's it's heartwarming that people actually listen on a regular basis. And I'm, I'm very grateful that they they turn up, uh, and it's it's good to be part of the community, um, which is all of what we were talking about earlier on with all those people producing uh, really wonderful, um, great entertainment on, on on Twitter. So yeah, thanks for having us, uh, and uh, talk to you next time. Yeah, thank you guys. So for the one hundredth time, and as always. I'm on new whites.